So far in the book of James, we have seen some big stuff. James wrote this letter to Christians that were scattered all over uh, the, the countryside because of persecution. And James reminded us that there was fear in these trials, and there's fear in our trials today. But he pushes them and he pushes us to persevere and endure through those trials. And then James talked about temptation. That He knows that we each will be tempted by different things, but he encourages us to resist temptation. And then he tells us that uh, being a Christian is about more than just pushing through tough times and just holding on. And being a Christian is about more than just holding back from doing certain things. He tells us today that being a Christian is about action. It's about walking out our faith, living it in public, owning our faith, and feeding our own faith. And this is how he says it. He tells us to be doers of the word and not hearers only. Each of us uh, that our parents are at one point we've been a child, we have been in that scenario or we've seen that scenario where we tell a child to do something and they hurt us, but they don't do it. That's, that's a frustrating place to be in. We've probably felt the wrath of our parents as uh, uh, children that were hearers but not doers. But when we're pursuing the things of God with our actions, it's not just a matter of obedience, but it makes our life easier because it makes resisting temptation easier and it makes holding up under the pressure of trials so much easier. When we will walk uh, our faith out and we will do the things that God tells us to do, we will be so much stronger in our faith because when we're about the mission of God, it makes resisting temptation and enduring through trials so much easier. That old saying is true that idle hands are the devil's workshop. And when we are uh, doing nothing for God, and if our faith is stagnant, then our heart has turned inward. And we'll become someone that looks very different than Christ. Anger and pride and frustration and dissatisfaction. When we become just a hero, where we know what to do, but we don't do it. We start to look something very different than what Christ looked like. So you were made to inwardly and outwardly glorify God with your life. That is your purpose. And followers of Jesus are people of action, love on display. Let's check it out. Verse 19, James chapter 1. James tell the, tells them, know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Is there anything in the whole world that you can think of that is more countercultural than what we just read? I'm going to read it one more time. Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. 
Why? Verse 20 says, For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. Let's break these verses down here. First things first, it says to be quick to listen. Quick to listen. Have you ever talked to somebody that's terrible at listening? And all the ladies are shaking their head and looking at their husband right now, right? I'm going to be honest, I'm not a great listener at times. My mind is always going, and sometimes my wife is talking about the groceries that I need to pick up at the grocery store, and I'm thinking about football and, and all other kinds of stuff. My mind's somewhere else. I'm looking at her, but I'm not listening. And she's found out, Tori found out that the best way to get me to make sure I have all the groceries that I was supposed to come back with is to text me a list. That way I can look at it like eight times throughout the whole store. And sometimes we're not very good listeners, but the Bible tells us to be quick to listen. Next, it tells us to be slow to open our mouths. This is one of the hardest things for us to do right now because in society and culture, we have been told that our opinion matters so much and each of us have our very own uh, platform to speak out all our opinions and let everybody know exactly what we think. We all want to comment. We all want to be heard and we all want everyone to know where we stand on every single issue. You go on Facebook and you'll see people's rants about all kinds of stuff. Politics, social issues. We want people to know what we think. And then you find those people on the internet that like to post snide comments on other people's articles or posts, right? There's always going to be somebody that has something to say underneath that. Uh, on the internet, they call them trolls. They love to disagree. They love to play the devil's advocate. And everything you say, they say, well, but you know, or actually, it doesn't matter. You can uh, say, hey, the sky is blue, and they'll say, but sometimes it's gray. You can say that the grass is green, and they'll say, but really, my grass is actually brown. And, and it makes them feel important to correct people and to add facts and to disagree as if their experience is the only experience. They're contrarians. They always take the opposite side of the argument. And pride is the ultimate source because they feel like they're just a little bit smarter and a little bit wiser than everyone else in the room. But listen, the devil doesn't need any more advocates. We need to learn to be students and not critics. We need to be careful to be quick to listen, being curious about what people really mean and not casting their opinion in a bad light just to look better than them. We need to be slow to speak and wait and think and consider. You don't always have to add thoughts. Proverbs 29, 11 says it this way in the ESV. It says, a fool gives full vent to his spirit. But a wise man quietly holds it back. I like the King James, the way it says it too. It says, a fool uttereth all his mind. But a wise man keeps it until after, afterwards. 
There's another old saying, Abraham Lincoln uh, said this, and I'm sure he based it on these verses. He said, it's better to remain silent and to be thought a fool than to speak and remove all doubt. Quick to listen, slow to speak. And next it says, slow to wrath or slow to anger. Don't be so quick to fly off the handle. You know, we live in a scary time right now, and people that are seeking power have tapped into the anger in society to try and influence people, and we as Christians can get caught up in that too. But we need to slow down and be wise, quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. Why? Because in the next verse it told us that the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. God rarely works through anger. Passion, yes, but not so much anger. See, the problem with anger is even when it's righteous anger, it's so easy for it to turn fleshly. And anger is like a fire that can quickly burn out of control if we're not careful. Now, we know that Jesus overthrew the money changers' tables in the temple because they were taking advantage of the people and pushing out the people out of the place where they were supposed to be able to pray. And that's an example of uh, righteous anger that was completely justified. But how many more times could Jesus have gotten angry and flown off the handle? At the Pharisees, when they mocked him and they tried to trap him, or at his disciples for falling asleep, Or at Pilate for questioning him when the Bible tells us that he answered not a word. How many more times could he have gotten angry? Quick to hear. Slow to speak. Slow to anger. The anger of man does not accomplish what God is trying to accomplish. Instead, it tells us to put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. With humbleness and self-control, we need to receive the word, which is the real answer. We need to soak our hearts in the word of God and not just read it, but absorb it and apply it and become it. Are you doing that? Christian, are you doing that? Do you love the the Bible? Does it feed you? Are you reading it and obeying it? Are you learning more about and following the example of Jesus? What influences you more, the Bible or the news? What influences you more, the Bible or a tweet, a meme, a a Facebook post? Are you receiving the word and obeying it? Verse 22, here's the big one. It says, but be Doers of the word and not hearers only. Why? Because you're deceiving yourself. When you're, a doer, uh, when you're not a doer of the word, but you're only a, hear, a hearer, then you're lying to yourself. What does that mean? It means if you know a lot of the Bible, but you don't do a lot of the Bible, you may be lying to yourself about how committed a follower of Jesus you are. See, it's not just about what you know about the Bible. It's not just about what sins you don't commit. 
Instead, what actions are you doing that you learned from God's word? How has the Bible changed you? How are you acting out your faith? You may be listening and you have no desire to love your neighbor, let alone your enemy. You may be listening and you have no desire to be like Jesus and serve people, going as far as washing their feet. You have no heart for the poor or the widow or the orphan. You hoard your resources instead of giving your resources to help and reach others. You might just fall into that hearer only category. If you're not a doer, you might just be lying to yourself and something's broken, something is wrong. You might say, well, I never miss church and, you know, I read through my Bible last year and I'm hospitable to my friends. You may just be lying to yourself. Doing things that you don't want to do is an integral part of being a follower of Jesus. Things that are outside of your comfort zone. Things that everyone expects of us are not things that are motivated by the Holy Spirit. We might just be living in our flesh and have a lot of spiritual knowledge, but not actually living out our faith. When was the last time you did something risky for someone else? Someone that didn't deserve it. When was the last time you... Uh, unconditional love motivated you to help someone that could never help you back or speak the gospel to someone that maybe you didn't know very well and it was a little bit risky to bring it up. You're lying to yourself if you call yourself a Christian but you don't actively attempt to be like Christ. The next few verses gives us an illustration of a man that sees his face in a mirror. And then he walks away and immediately forgets what he looks like. He forgets what he needs to change. And how many times have we done that? We've sat and listened to a sermon and God's pricked our heart about something or we read God's word or we read a devotion or, or God just spoke to us during our prayer life and he showed us something that we need to change. We looked into that mirror, but then we walked away and we forgot about it. That's worthless and that's futile. Verse 25 says, But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing." See, when we see what God wants us to do and then we apply it and we do it, we don't forget. This is where the blessings of God will be poured out into our lives, following God step by step. You're never going to be perfect, but you ought to be progressing, not to earn our salvation, but to show God how much we love him. He gave his life for us. Shouldn't we give our life back to him? How many blessings have we missed because we left and we forgot what God wanted us to do? Yes, it's a blessing to read his word. And yes, it's a blessing to hear his word. But oh, it's so more, uh, much more of a blessing to do his word. 
Francis Chan tells us a story about the most obese people on earth. These people are, are like 1,000 pounds, right? Completely immobile. They can't get up and they can't do anything for themselves. It's terribly sad. People have to feed them and bathe them and clothe them. This is very much like where churches in America are today. We're immobile and we're stuck in place. No action taking place. We want someone else to feed us. And we wonder why uh, we're not growing when we just sit and we take it in. But we never act it out. We never burn any spiritual calories. And a lot of times what ends up happening is we become to cannibalize the church. We begin to attack each other because we have energy that we're not using in the right direction. So we start to tear each other down. Sometimes we even start to, uh, as we sit on the sidelines, try and coach the people that are doing something. Don't do it like that. No, don't do that. Instead, jump in and find something to do. We don't have time to critique every little decision that each other makes. Go and be a doer of the word. And look, not everything that God calls you to do is going to be on the calendar of Clarksburg Baptist Church. Not every place that you're called to minister is going to be a ministry of this church. God wants you to go out into the world and speak the gospel. You must be a person of action. Not just the hearer, not just the place to to sit, but a mission with your life. At some point, we have to stop taking and start giving. At some point, we have to stop talking and start doing, motivated by love of our Savior. Not just a hearer that forgets, but a doer who acts. Verse 26 says, if anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. This person's religion is worthless. I've been guilty of this, right? I think I'm in the right, but I handle things with anger or I'm quick to speak instead of slow to speak or I'm slow to hear instead of quick to hear. And look, you can have the moral high ground all you want, but no one listens to a person that cannot control their tongue. That's a tough lesson that we all have to learn. That's what that bad type of religion looks like, unbridled, unwise tongues. And we see that a lot today. But next it goes on and tells us what pure religion looks like. Verse 27. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this. You ready for this truth bomb? You want to know what our uh, Christianity is supposed to look like? You You want to know how we can walk out our faith? We know we can't be people that don't listen. And we we open our mouth and we're motivated by anger. We don't want that. That's the bad type of religion. So what type of religion do we want? What type of faith do we want? Here it is. He says, to visit the orphans and the widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained 
by the world. If you're ever confused about where you fit in to Clarksburg Baptist Church, just go back to this verse over and over and over again. Help people, love people, keep yourself holy. That's the mission. You go. You go and find people at your work, on your street, people that you come in contact with, and help people that need help. That's the mission. Love them. Help them. Find a widow to befriend. Bring her a a soup on a cold day. Help an orphan or a foster kid have a Christmas or be a, a father figure to them. At the core of the gospel is people. And you don't need to be a ministry leader to do ministry for Clarksburg Baptist Church. No, each of us are missionaries to our community. So go into the world and speak the gospel. Go into the world and show the gospel. Go help people. Who? People that need help. People that can never help you back. James is giving us a welcome, a, a wake-up call here. You got to stop just being a hearer. You got to be a doer. You got to take action. When you look and evaluate your faith, it can't just be, well, I don't do this and I don't do that and I'm not that type of person. What are you doing? Not to earn your salvation but to please the God that gave everything for you. Be like Jesus. Church, you're lying to yourself if you call yourself a Christian, but you don't actively attempt to be like Christ. But be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourself. In this world, we're so pressured to look out for ourselves. But God is saying here, stop talking so much and start listening to the people around you and what the hurting people and the hurting world around you needs. Don't fall into the trap of getting caught up in the anger. Instead, do actions in your life that can live out the gospel. We think it's enough to just know about the Bible. And we think we're religious and we talk a big game, but when was the last time that we were involved in the pure religion of helping hurting people, helpless people, without asking for anything in return? Without maybe anybody else even knowing we're doing what we're doing. We don't work for our salvation, but true salvation works. Matthew 28, 20. Tells us that Jesus did not come to be served, but he came to serve others. And you don't become a part of a church to be served. You become a part of a church to serve people together. And if you find yourself checking off the boxes of all the times where people didn't help you or reach out to you or how you don't feel loved, then your focus is wrong. It's not a country club where you get all these perks by joining the church. No, this is a a place where we reach out to the community and we reach out to the world. 
to gather together like it makes the difference, and to grow together like never before, and to give like we'll never run out. Loving God and loving our neighbor as ourselves. We're called to be the hands and the feet of Jesus as much as we have the opportunity. Galatians 6.10, so then as we have the opportunity, let us do good to everyone. God, help us to see that we're not the center of the universe. God, help us to see uh, uh, that we can't just be hearers, but we've got to put action to our words. God, help us to stop being bloated Christians that never exercise our spiritual muscles. God, give us big dreams for how we can simply serve others and not just waiting uh, for someone else to tell us to do it, but help us to serve others and through that serve you. Quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. Doers, not just hearers. Doing the, the pure religion of helping helpless people. James is this book of wisdom, not to help us earn our salvation but to, or, or to even earn the love of Jesus, but to help us thrive in this world. He's speaking to persecuted people that are going through trials, and he's telling them, even though they're being persecuted, to look outside of themselves and to be a bright light of the gospel. Every head's bowed and eyes closed. James just stepped on all of our toes. So easy for us to lose perspective. So easy for us to put ourselves on a, a, a pedestal because of the things that we don't do. But James tells us, that walking by faith is not just about the absence of doing wrong things. But what are the faith-motivated things that are springing up in your life? The Bible calls those the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, gentleness, goodness, long-suffering. It's not enough just not to produce bad fruit. Our faith needs to produce spiritual fruit. And the funny thing about a tree is that fruit helps other people. What does a tree get forever producing fruit? No, it helps the people around them and sustain them and encourage them and to give them strength. We've got to look outside of ourselves. And right now, it might be hard to think of ways to do that, but the first thing to do is think about it. Focus on it. Pray for the opportunities. You're on mission. You are a missionary if you are a follower of Jesus. So how's your mission going? Jesus, we love you. 
God, I pray that you would help us, God, to be doers. Not to check off boxes, not to earn your love, God, but because we're motivated by the love that you have for us. God, help us to push that light into this dark, dark world. God, if we do these things that you've commanded us to do today, God, then we'll be so different and we will change the world and impact the world. God, help us to be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. Help us to realize that our anger doesn't produce anything that's good. God, help us to follow your righteousness. God, help us not to have that bad religion of an unbridled tongue and unwise words where we say things that hurt people or we distract them from what's really important. God, help us to be a church of that pure religion of helping helpless people, the widow, the orphan, the poor, the hurting, the depressed, the anxiety-ridden, the single mother, the veteran, the disabled. God, help us to find ways to help people. Show us people in our lives, God. Help us to speak the gospel, even when it's scary. In your name we pray. Maybe you're here and you're listening. You're not quite sure that you're a follower of Jesus yet. You can make that decision today, once and for all. You got to know that you're a sinner. We all do things motivated by selfishness. We, We deceive and we have wicked thoughts and we say hurtful things and those things separate us from a, a holy and a perfect God, the God that made us. The Bible says the wages of our sin is death. That's more than just a physical death. That's a separation from God forever in a place called hell. But God commended his love towards us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus took the punishment that we deserve for our sin. And he died for it. He paid for it. And on the third day, he rose again from the grave, bringing our salvation with him. And you have a choice this morning. If you've never made this choice before, and you've got the option, you can pay for your sin yourself in a place called hell. Or you can put your faith in Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross and ask him to pay for your sin. But it's about more than just escaping hell. It's a life devoted to the one that made you. It's about repentance, turning from your wicked ways and all the things that you put your faith in, putting your faith in Jesus Christ. I encourage you to do that right now. Just get on your knees right where you're at. Call out to God. The words aren't important. But ask for him to forgive you. And repent. Put your faith in him as the only means of salvation. That's you today. I'd love you to reach out to me at pwayman at clarksburgbaptistchurch.com and let me know that you made that choice. I'd love to follow up with you and, and begin to tell you about what the next steps are. Let's worship.